0: yeah go ahead i'm all good
1: you are all good man and we are live and that mustache is on point i think i tell you that every time i see you on social media Uh, i text you and say that thing's on point brother um let's talk first before we get into it let's talk about that mustache brother how do you keep it like that and what kind of product are you using you know
0: i'm not it's funny somebody asked me what what do you use and i said uh sweat (laughs) uh soot from fires Uh, Probably some residue from some Red Man Chew and some coffee.
1: (laughs) Coffee, man. (laughs) That's it, it, man. That's That's what keeps it going, man. I love it.
0: That's simply it, man. Yeah. You know, the lady, she hates it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, she's out of town right now, but uh, I'm sure when she's back, it'll be gone. No,
1: no, man it's no Nove- uh, it, oh, that's mustache november right november is the mustache, right no save november I just yeah november. there you go man so. so you did mention it a firefighting man so you have been uh the forefront of these these fires it's just breaking off in california and all all along the west coast um but let's backtrack man how did you get yeah. into that position where you're you're on the front lines in a fire
0: you know, I always had an interest in firefighting. And uh, I think a lot of that I credit to my my mother who got me into the Boy Scouts. <clears throat> and all jokes aside, man, that place probably saw, uh, saved my life. I, I got in the Boy Scouts when I was a lot, lot younger. And we were doing the first aid mirror badge. And, and I clearly remember I was in middle school. And the local fire department in the Bay Area came and did a little display. Showed the Jaws of life, and the fire trucks and the bright lights and the loud sirens. And ever since then, I was hooked. So ever since that, I knew that I was like, I want to be a fireman. So through that, you know, became an explorer, went to a little local fire department, volunteered, did the ride-alongs, got my EMT while I was in high school, things like that, and then, um, you know, just went through the process. You know went through a fire academy and applied to numerous agencies, and you know, went to the local community college and went went through that process, and the rest was history. So.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I tell people it's not just as easy as saying, hey, you know what, I want to do something. There's like a whole process behind it. You have to apply. You have to be qualified. You got to, you know, you have to know your shit. Yeah, and it's absolutely. not just as easy. And you have to network, man. You have to network because a lot of people want to be a fighter. I should say that you know because it's right. not just yeah. And I had a, little,
0: a little stint there in law enforcement,
1: and 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 it was it was good. And
0: but just like you said, it's it's who you know. <laughs> In this in this in this way, you know, twenty twenty is, it's definitely who you know. Uh, you could you could have the best test scores, the best academy underneath your belt. You still got to show up to the firehouse or the, you know the police station and network and build those contacts and, and keep on showing up. So. And you
1: and you know, it's not just an. I always tell people, it's not just networking to get a job. It's networking to find out if that's a job you want. Absolutely. You know. And a lot of people when they're looking for a new employee, and this is in the fire world or the police world or whatever, they want to make sure someone's going to be there at least for more than a year just to check the block and move on to somewhere else. Because it it costs money and time, you know, and it's a lot of it, man, to get someone ready to go and get into the field. Excuse me. What was it like for you, like jumping into the fire world? What was your first major event that you did? Like the first thing uh, you kind of woke your eyes up and said, wow, what did I get myself into? Or, wow, this is the best thing I've ever done.
0: You know, I was 15, 16 years old. And myself and another fire explorer um, out of San Mateo County, out of the peninsula, out of the San Francisco Bay Area, we went on to a class in Fresno, the central area of California. And Fresno is known um, for its agricultural land, but also, unfortunately, it's gang violence. And uh, it's just one of those areas and many, unfortunately, in the beautiful state of California that has suffered so much from, uh, you know, poverty and, and low income and, and et cetera, et cetera. So we did a ride along with the city of Fresno Fire Department. And it was in the Chinatown area. And uh, <clears throat> me and my buddy, we, we hopped on the engine, bright eyed, bushy tail, you know, sweet fire truck. And we went down there for a class and, you know, one of the instructors told us, hey, can you come to the come to the firehouse, have dinner with us. So we went to a call, and it was a it was a gang related shooting. Fresno Police Department actually shot and uh, kind of killed a, uh, a suspected gang member who robbed a local Seven Eleven. I still remember this yesterday. So we actually did CPR, and I remember to say it was like nine or ten rounds with a five five six rifle, and um, the gentleman passed who was right there on the ground. But I remember when while we were doing CPR, he 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 uh, expired during that process, and he looked up at us and said, "You know, save us." And I was like, holy shit, <laughs> like, like re- regardless, you know, he's doing a bad thing, gang member, dirtbag, bag, whatever. The whole point is, is like at the fire department, we're on a different side of that, right? We're only there for the CPR, we, you know, the law enforcement's there for their side of that. And, but that aspect of my eyes are so wide, it actually made me want to do that job even more. And that's what I think for a loss, and for a lot, you know, that would be definitely a, traumatic event, which absolutely, I still think about it almost every other day, just a little blip. It was just, just weird, you know, and every other medical call I've been on after that, but that was probably the biggest changing thing that, uh, that affected me and actually wanted to be a a firefighter more.
1: Well, you know, that's part of the protector community, man. It's always about, you know, it's not about (laughs) taking the life. It's about saving the life or, are preserving someone else's life, or you know, there's a lot of it, man. It's not just out there where you want to be, like, yeah, let's fight some fires, man. But there's always something behind the fire. There's a human life, you sure, know. And regardless of where that fire is, man, there's always danger involved, man. So what is that like knowing that, you know, hey, you're going into like the inferno, man? I always wanted to ask what the what it's like to be inside that zone. Yeah. Let's talk about that, man. Yeah, it,
0: it's an eerie feel. It's a drug. It's an addiction. I should say. It's it's. <clears throat> we don't ever, you know, in the fire service, never want to see destruction of life, property, or the environment. But when you're in that field, it's, you know, your first code three run as a law enforcement officer. You know, your first working structure fire with flames showing. You know, your first CPR call. I mean, that's what we, I'm sure that the brain surgeons wait for their whole their first, you know, surgery and we're all waiting for that. The unfortunate part about it is there's some there's a misery coming from that. You know, that's someone's home, that's someone's life. So we never really wished it on, on that aspect. But if it's there, we'll handle it. And and that feeling of going into a home or a building, whatever it is, just with flames rolling over your head, is something I can't even describe that you have to see on your own. It's just you don't even think of the heat. Everyone thinks it's so hot. I, absolutely, you know, six, seven, eight hundred degrees. But you don't even think about it being hot. It's an animal. You can stare at a flame forever, and, and I relay that sometimes when we're all sitting around drinking beer around the campfire, you just stare at the flame and, and you see it dancing, and and you see it. You look above. You know, you, I choke around people seeing backdraft or towering inferno ladder forty nine. You know, those classic firefighting movies out there. Unfortunately, or Granite Mountain you know, those hotshots who passed away in Arizona years back. And, uh, you know, they describe it kind of well in there. It's kind of corny, but at the same time, they kind of hit it on the head and it's like, it's an animal. You know, you see it breathing, you see it being sucked back in with that trap and being pushed back out. And on the wildland side, you know, kind of our focus, what's going on right now in California. Um, you know, I posted a few pictures there on the Instagram and, and I got some more of just, you just see this huge, two hundred year old juniper tree or or ponderosa pine. I mean, just just take off, and you see this whole forest. I post something. There's there's a little bit of beauty in the destruction, you know. Unfortunately, so many homes and lives have lost. But you sitting there in the middle of the night and watching a whole forest just go up, and just see this beautiful glow, which it is. It's weird. It's it's something that you would have to experience, you know. Like pictures and videos and movies don't even do it justice. Is you just you sitting there with Mother Nature. Knowing that you can't do a damn thing. (laughs) That's another part of it, too. It's like,
1: you know, the the speed amazes me. The speed of how quick it travels. You know, I've seen the videos, but I've never seen it like firsthand about how fast a fire. And that must be the scariest aspect, especially these wildlife fires. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to say, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead, man. Tell me about it. Oh, it was, um, I think
0: the the campfire—a pretty, uh, uh, you know, famous fire—is you know, 2018 in the community of you know Paradise in Chico, Butte County, California. Um, <clears throat> that fire—I I, want to say—at one point it was a mile a second or a mile every two seconds that it was consuming with the fire, with the winds at that point. Yeah, I mean, that, that's absolutely ridiculous. There's there's no stopping it at that point. And, and that still makes me drop my draw. I think about that. I'm like, a, a mile a second. Like, hold on. You know, for fire to burn. Just here in Southern Oregon, we had the Alameda fire here in my hometown, which unfortunately took some lives and uh, a few thousand homes itself. And one of the officers actually quoted, he was a motor cop and he was driving on I-5. And he's saying he was going 100 miles per hour. And the fire next to him was paralleling him the whole time how fast it was going with that wind. And I was like, that is surreal. He was flooring his his motor out there doing evacuations, and the fire caught up to him, staying with him. And that, to me, it still blows my mind.
1: And I think that's what, you know, one of the hazards out there for people because they always think, oh, man, it takes me forever to start a fire. It takes me forever to do this and for that. But they don't understand that, man. It's a beast. And like you said, it's living, man. It's like living and breathing off of that oxygen. It just wants to go and consume. It's it like is. Yeah. It's, just, I,
0: I, it's crazy.
1: I mean, we wish that hopefully it could,
0: you know, it, it stops because we're in the 4 million acres. And I said 4 million acres. And it's like, how does that even happen? Even as firefighters yeah. on the ground, like 4 million acres to date in California. Ever since the state of California started. Looking and tracking fire history, which somewhere in 1932, 1933, uh, you know, this is the most acres consumed in one fire season is what we call it ever.
1: So start tracking it. So how did you get involved with this major fire? I mean, are you normally at a station or are you just kind of like you're doing the wildfires?
0: I am. So I'm normally at a fire. So we're for that agency Cal Fire.
1: Um, So we're an all
0: risk agency, no different than any other uh, fire department in the nation. Um. We differ a, a lot from the U.S. Forest Service, which gets a lot of uh, credit, as it should, for fighting these wildland fires. However, the Forest Service is just trained in and respond to wildland fires. I work for the state of California, Department of Forestry and Fire Protection. Um, we're the, we term all risk. And, and what that means, you know, we're EMTs, we're changing structure fires, water rescues, hazardous materials, emergencies, et cetera, et cetera. Um, however, there's a lot of state-owned land. So how we get wrapped into that is uh, the state-owned land. We have seasonal firefighters that we also hire that are also trained in all-risk emergency incidents, and um, we combat those wildfires as well. So we work hand-in-hand with federal, local, state partners fight these fires, but uh, we do everything. We do it all.
1: So. so let's walk through getting hired. You know, one thing I used to love talking about, I, I haven't done it in a while, is talking about, you know, a veteran or, or someone that's getting out of college, this is like their, their dream is to work fires. What kind of advice would you give out to someone just starting off or someone that wants to jump uh, into it?
0: Absolutely. You know, I, I helped a, a local community college in the Bay Area do an adjunct instructor. And it's one of the most rewarding experiences that you can have being an academy instructor. And, and I start out, I tell people I have a well-rounded background. Uh, I was, I, I kind of went a different path. Um, you know, I had some military time. I'm still in the, the Air National Guard out of California, so enlisted for a little bit, and um, still fulfilling that commitment. However, I can say that uh, my first job ever was working for In-N-Out Burger in the Bay Area on the West Coast, and that job, still to this day, I have learned so many skills that have helped me through my fire service, my law enforcement career, the military um and so on and so forth being a father being a, you know a good partner uh, absolutely because those jobs of showing up on time working a grueling job nine to five getting yelled at by some boss who didn't graduate high school you know and, and we're all like you're looking at it now and I say no that 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 boss who didn't graduate in high school told me how to be on time you know he told me how to flip burgers correctly he told me how to wear a uniform when i was 15 and a half all these different items he gave me my first write-up when i talked back when i didn't you know like what he was telling me so i'll tell people if you want to be a firefighter if you want to be a law enforcement officer wherever you do have a little you know go work at Burger King, go work at mcdonald's go do something else because the one thing that i can say that it's a privilege and honor to be in this job however being in 2020 there are not a lot of jobs out there with pensions there's not a lot of jobs out there that we can work on paper on paper nine 10, 11 days a month, up to six figures a year, right? I mean, we're super fortunate in that aspect. But unfortunately, look at the rest of the United States right now. So it's definitely a career that's earned, not given. Um, but knowing what 90% of Americans are going through right now with with, with COVID and <clears throat> recessions and all that kind of stuff, it humbles you for sure. And it makes you a lot more thankful for for what you have.
1: You know, you can't, teach someone how to talk to someone else unless they have an experience. And that's the thing is like, you have one of these jobs an in and out a Burger King or anything else, you're you're learning how to deal with real people. And that's what any of these jobs you get into in a quote unquote protector community, you're always dealing with a human. I don't care what it is. You're always going to have to deal with a manager or a leader or someone. So that's absolutely best, bro. Yeah, absolutely. So, we got that out of the way. Now you're teaching at the academy. That must be a cool feeling, man.
0: It was. It was. Yeah, I did it just for a little bit down in the Bay Area. I hadn't out of there and hopefully get back into it. But it was It was cool. You know, you seeing 18, 19-year-old uh, individuals coming out of high school interested in the fire service and, you know, sign up for this class and a bunch of Cal Fire personnel, you know, all different firefighters from all over and kind of learning the craft, how to throw ladders, how to don your, you know, your breathing apparatus. How to cut fire line, different structure fire operations. It was good. It was good seeing that, and that way you can actually form the way that you know, like, you no, this is not how you do it. You know, this is this is not okay in the fire service. You're not, you know, in your mother's basement anymore. This is not how we're going to do things. This is the fire service. And, um, I will say though, uh, you know who the military members are. You know who the vets are, and that's something that I could say that if you're fifteen, 15, 16, 17 years old watching this podcast on youtube or uh you know instagram and you're wondering how and you have that opportunity to serve do that do that for sure because there's so many items that correlate directly to the fire service and the military in this job it's unbelievable um so much of our paperwork that i've seen our our facial hair uniform it's like i think i've seen that exact picture before in basic training Yeah, and sure enough, you do some research, and yeah, we just pulled it from the Department of Defense.
1: (laughs) Exactly, man. I always tell people when it comes to the military service, don't look at it as – if you don't want to go in for a career, no problem. But it's such a small bookmark in your life that makes such a big impact, whether that's reserve, active duty, or whatever. Uh, And you could join the Coast Guard. You could join the Air Force. You don't have to join the Marines, the Army, and stuff like that. There's a a lot of different non you know, direct action type units out there, you could join, you could do, you could be a firefighter in every single branch. Absolutely. So, absolutely. I mean, that's like, that's like that. me. I'm not, you
0: know, I, I talk to guys, Hey, sir, I appreciate you guys. I was never on a team. I was never in a group like no. you know, I'm, I'm usually doing a lot of typing when I do my drill weekends. You know, that that's me. I am in no way one of those guys. My hat is hundred percent off to those guys. But exactly, you, you go in there for different purposes.
1: You learn a chain of command. You learn a you learn a skill set. You learn you're getting money for college. I sound like a recruiting scenario, but yeah. the thing is, is it's yeah. the truth, man. You know oh,
0: that guy, that recruiter. You know, oh.
1: listen, you can get a 38 percent Camaro once you get out. Basically, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the camaro. Thanks, asshole. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, years, I could man. talk about recruiters all day long.
0: Oh, and the next thing you know, you're in North Dakota, negative 30 degrees. Uh,
1: yeah, exactly brother yeah. well you and i also have a penchant for sig weapons man Dude. so what if you could kill it you know firefighters like firearms too so let's talk sig man how did you get involved with uh with shooting sports <clears throat> so i you know
0: this it, kind of started originally back with boy scouts you know there was there's a couple my assistant scout master and uh, he kind of got me into guns a little bit you know boy says you're shooting twenty twos out there at scout camp and I was like it's kind of cool you know kind of let it slide never really had anything more of it you know do the law enforcement thing went to the the post the, the peace officer academy in California and of course that's a big part of it and I was like even still when I was like working in law enforcement I was like yeah, it's cool it's a weapon you know had to qualify I just found out it was kind of a good shot you know then I moved and actually one of my best friends now started competing with the NRA and it's the uh, tactical uh, police competitions. It's for active duty, law enforcement, uh, active duty, uh, excuse me, active duty military or current current former retired law enforcement officers. And there's these shooting competitions all over the United States. He says, Hey, you should come with me. All right, cool. So I went, did horrific. You know, I thought it was kind of good. And then here I am going to the guys. I was gonna go shoot. (laughs) I need to work on some things. And that was it. It was like crack after that. I got into shooting, uh, you know, met some guys over here, black flag armory in Medford, Oregon, Talked to those guys and they kind of set the baseline for everything, <clears throat> offered a sponsorship, uh, went through there, um, got set up with my first Smith and Wesson AR. Um, and ever since then it exploded and I, you know, I didn't know any different. I had a little MP that I had a 40 caliber and I was like, Oh, it's kind of cool, whatever, but I wanted something different. So, you know, I, I bought a HK. I bought a Sig. I bought a Smith and Wesson. Kind of went around trying to figure out what I wanted to buy. And the six-hour thing, I fell in love with, man. So ever since then, it kind of exploded. Yeah, it exploded. Excuse me. Got into different
1: sponsorships here and there, whatever. And
0: shooting is now part of me. It's part of my life.
1: Yeah, and I would like to tell people, you know, shooting a gun is not just about taking a life or taking whether that life is an animal or a person. Um it's fun, man. oh it's, it's a blast a blast man it, especially yeah. you're shooting a sig legion uh, yeah five that's my favorite pistol absolutely it out a little bit, and I didn't think you could go really too much more mods on it, but you're telling me that you know throw some trigger action in there and it's a completely different weapon i'm I'm intrigued now oh I,
0: absolutely i you know, I hooked up with gray guns, and they're out of here in Reedsport, oregon, Bruce gray and I was actually at shot show this last year and that shot and um down there in las vegas we went down there and all that uh you know they reached out they said hey we see you're just a huge six hour fan and i'm like yeah you know i am i, I try to post about it here and there and i like their weapon systems and what they do and it just fits me you know just like if it's a chevy dodge or, or glock all tomato tomato for the most part and, that, and six hours was my choice and i said hey we can make your six hours better i was like oh really you can't so i kind of it was it was at the sig range day out there i was like Really? I was like, yeah, give me, give me a call. Found out, you know, I'm only two and a half hours away from them. I was like, all right. And then it spun off from there. So sent to my, my 226 legion, sent to my X5 legion, sent him a couple other 229s and 320s and 365s and all this goes on. And that X5 legion, I swear you'll have to get one. We'll we'll get you some set up for sure because it's uh, the reset and, and they, they pimped it out. Completely pimped it out. I didn't even know you could even get it. as good as that firearm was for that price. I, I was like, This is, this I, is
1: but what sorcery is going on over here is ridiculous. Literally out of the box with that thing, and it's like round upon round upon round. And SIG doesn't sponsor anything, I, I just love SIG. Um, yeah, no. they did hook me up with that Legion because I'm friends with um, one of their brand ambassadors. But man, uh, and by hookup, I mean they gave it to me for a decent price. But right. man, it is an absolutely amazing weapon, man. Love it. It is.
0: Yeah, it's weird. You know how, how they did that whole polymer. Yeah, I, I, I never want to be you know, a new fad, right? Just like the new iPhone's going to come out here in a month. <laughs> the new Apple, this, yeah, everything's going to come in. But there's something about that gun that's just crazy. It's like the the two two six line. I was issued out a little bit, you know, with mm-hmm. some military stuff, and and that's big, yeah. you know. With I know the seals ran those for years. um
1: yeah, in my my 20 years, man, I've had uh, HK SIG primarily Glocks for probably 14, 15 years. And uh if I could carry that Legion, man, I'll tell you it's oh. you know, and a lot of agencies are going to that that 320 now, which is great. I'm glad they absolutely. Are. Yeah, you know, our our law enforcement officers for for Cal FIRE actually
0: run three twenties and and there's a, a little RFP out there for a little bit to get uh, how can we get the three twenties for duty use? And that's uh it's just uh, it's something crazy, you know. I was I was talking to John John Norris, the lieutenant, you know, fishing game, one of my good friends.
1: Actually, we had a conversation been on the show a bunch of times, man. Yeah, good he's guy. a solid really good guy. Uh,
0: solid guy, and we actually worked together on the the LE side during some grows, and that's how we, you know. And uh, we were talking a little bit about SIGs and stuff, and I was like, man, you know, there's there's something about that gun, and that's what I'm saying, like, I don't I don't really know anybody. We're really are sure the company itself, and but shooting that gun, it, it's I don't even know how to explain it. So if you, if you can get a hold of one or go to some gun range, shoot it. Because that tungsten polymer thing, man, it's, it's just – there's some sorcery going on for sure.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> brother. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, telling us a bit about your backstory, but and definitely about what's going on with the fires. And uh, we got to talk about SIGs, man. So I really appreciate this, brother.
0: Oh dude, absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: No worries, man. I'm always willing to come and talk about guns and whatever. And it's been a crazy year. I mean, hopefully the winter time's coming soon. Hopefully some firefighters can get off the line. Hopefully people, can, you know, can can go back to a little bit of normality. You know, unfortunately a lot of a lot of loss of life this year in the West Coast through these
1: fires. so Well brother, you're always welcome on the Protectors. Absolutely,
0: brother. I really appreciate you having me. My pleasure.